second half of the show coming to you live from the Kintex studio. We'll chat with Paul Skirbina in just a couple of moments here. Also, uh, guest the lines coming up in about uh, 10 minutes. You want to text in 650-650, this one from Johnny Mac McKayev, bringing out the best of Kuzmenko and elevates Pedersen as the number one go-to line. Good debut. Uh, Really good debut for Ilya Mikheyev. Don't know what you're going to expect from a guy coming off that injury. Just trying to work off some rust, obviously. But very good debut for Ilya Mikheyev. See how he grows into the season as well. All right. Canucks still going into the season as well. Game number six on the way tomorrow on these airwaves. Of course, Batch and Randeep will have the call at 6.15. Riccio and Sat with the pregame show and then myself and Sat on the postgame show tomorrow in Nashville. And to uh, get a preview of those Nashville Predators, let's go to uh, Nashville now from the Tennessean. Paul Scarbina joins us. Paul, how are you? I'm hanging in there, Vic. How are you? Uh, doing fantastic. Uh, it's been a good start uh, for the Predators. I, I'm not too sure what everyone was expecting from a team that uh, you know changed as much as they did, uh, coaching and, and, and new management, the, the, the second era uh, in Nashville. Uh, but an encouraging start, 500, for the Predators. What's been the, the theme of the team so far uh, through these opening six games? Well, I think you know they, they've been a defensive-minded team and, and have run those kind of systems for years, and they're they're kind of still adjusting to Andrew Burnett's you know more offensive minded system, but I, I think it's starting to show a little bit. Um, you know they're, they're scoring some goals and they're they're it's a little bit of a surprise because I don't think they knew they knew what to kind of expect coming in. They they kind of you know I had to Andrew had to kind of dissect his personnel and, and he didn't have a lot of time to do it and uh, you know it, so it's a work in progress. But but yeah, I would I'm a little bit surprised especially with the schedule that they played so far that that they are where they are. Yeah, that's the thing that's uh, really stood out. Because, you know, maybe they, they, they jump out uh, during the season and grow into it with a new coaching staff, but they've played Tampa, they've played Boston, they played the Oilers, they played the Rangers, and they've they've come through it pretty well, albeit some losses uh, against some of those teams. But they, they, they've come out with 3-3 three and three here. And the one thing, just kind of watching a couple of games uh, this past weekend um, and, and catching up on the Predators, they feel like a really heavy team um, and, and really force teams, you know, below the half marks and, and make it difficult to play against them yeah they're they're that's kind of you know kind of in the plan it's kind of the, the main theme behind this this new system that they're running is you know it's, it's a lot of puck possession it's a lot of you know get out of the defensive zone quickly and, and put the, you know put the pressure on the other team and and that's not something that, that a lot of you guys are used to um but but again i think something that helps is, is a lot of the new faces that are here um aren't aren't used or weren't used to the old system that was here and some of the guys, a lot of the other guys are, are so young that I think they can absorb it a little bit more quickly because they're not so, it's not, you know, so ingrained. Right. These bad habits that they have are not so ingrained in their head. Now, there's some guys that are having some good statistical seasons um, to, to begin with, obviously, small sample size, of course, through six games. Uh, but as you mentioned, like, hey, there, there's a bit of change going here. How does this impact someone that, like Roman Yossi? Now, he's a fantastic player, and, and he'll be fine, of course. But it is three points in six games from Roman Yossi so far. Um, what's the early impressions with him? Well, I think what happened is I think Roman, this is my sixth season covering the Predators, and I, I would bet that Roman has led – this team in shoot in shot attempts every year since I've been covering them mm-hmm. and by a wide margin. And I think this, the, the, again, going back to the new system, I think this is more, a lot more designed for, for offensive minded players. I think, the, you know, the old system ran through Roman. So he got a lot more shots. He, he just had a lot more opportunities. 
And, you know, I, I think it's the scoring will come to him for him. The points will come for him. Um, and, and, and again, for him, that's, you know, that, that's also a pretty big adjustment. Who for you has been the, the, the early surprise? Uh, I imagine it's Tommy Novak with the four goals, or is there another name that you, you kind of look at and say, uh, this is kind of found money right now? I, you know what? Tommy Novak is not, he's a surprise to a lot of people outside of Nashville. Um, he was really, really good in the second half of last year. Uh, nobody, he kind of came out of nowhere. He's like this ghost that just appeared. And he's, he, you know, he stayed, he stayed consistent. Um, he's very smart offensive minded guy. So I don't, I, would, I don't know if I would call it a surprise. I think, you know, looking at, and, and we, we all look at numbers, but, you know, I think a, a guy like Yuso Parson, and, you know, he's a, he, he's a top line guy, seventh round draft pick, very young. Um, he's playing with Ryan O'Reilly and, and, and Philip Forsberg, which is beneficial for him. But, you know, I think that, that's that's a lot of faith in a young kid to, to put him in that position, and and you know, I, I think he, he if I had to pick a surprise so far, I I, I wasn't expecting him to be able to hold his own on that line with those guys. Yeah, I wanted to ask him about that, uh, or sorry, rather ask you about him because you know, is their ability to put him kind of on that line kind of helped? smooth everything else because you know my big concern coming to the season was I, I'm not sure how much depth there's going to be for the Nashville Predators right they they move off Duchesne they buy out Rijo and you just wonder it's like is there going to be enough bodies here to really supplement some scoring here but their ability to put this this young player there you know you put Evan Jalista on a different line you put Thomas Nuno on a different line and it feels like everything's a bit stable because he's producing yeah they kind of spread it out a little bit and, we're, and we've got to remember too I mean it, it, there's a guy you know, another unheralded guy in Colton Sissons, who's the fourth line center, mm-hmm. who is you know an established veteran in the, in the league. You know, not he, he's not going to score thirty goals a year or anything like that. But but you know, if he's your fourth line center, that, that's saying a lot. So I think the, you're right. You weren't sure what to. I, I think the biggest question was we weren't sure what to expect. Were the, were the young guys who came up with the second half of last year? Were they going to be able to carry that over into this season, especially because? it is a new coach and there is a new GM and there is so much change. And, you know, so it was, that was the big question mark. And so far, so good for them. Uh, Talking to Paul Skirbina from the Tennessee and previewing the Nashville Predators who play tomorrow against Vancouver Canucks. Um, does Ryan McDonough look a bit fresher this year? Because, you know, he's come through so many long playoff battles with Tampa Bay. And last season, I don't know if we saw the best version of it. And, you know, a lot of people can say, well, there he is, like that mid-30s player starting to fade. Uh, but so far through six games, it feels like you're getting a bit more active player. Does he just look fresher this season? Yeah, I, I think I think so. You know, it's, it's always hard to, to gauge that. I, I covered the Blackhawks for many years, and they, they – you know, during their, their, their cup runs. And, they, you know, th- th- there was a lot of mileage put on those guys in a short <laughs> amount of time. And and it, and it kind of showed because they kind of fell off a cliff pretty quickly. But, uh, you know, Ryan's, a, he he's just that, he's that guy, that, that stable, steady guy. He's never going to cost you games. He's not going to make stupid mistakes. He, he, just not that his physical ability is all that great, but he's just really, really smart. And, and you're right. I, I, it probably hadn't, didn't hurt him, but I can guarantee you one thing, I, you know, it, talking to him when, when camp started it was a, a longer summer than he's ever had so he he was really eager to get back to, to playing to playing this season uh in this market uh, there's been a lot of talk uh, talk about uh, someone like connor garland and and you know 
we see reports and it's like Winnipeg and Washington and Nashville's name has been mentioned. Uh, you're in it. You're, you, you live day to day in the Nashville market. Um, what is the appetite for any sort of acquisition right now? Is this still kind of a wait and see mode uh, when it comes to Nashville? I think, I think a couple of things make it turn it into a wait and see mode. I think, I think that uh, Cody Glass getting hurt kind of changes that a little bit. And, you know, I think losing Luke Shen after, after the first game really changed that a lot. You know, so I think, cause, you know, there, there was a lot of talk about Dante Fabro and, and, you know, who, who I think gets a bad rap. But, um, you know, he, he, they kind of need him more now than ever with, with Shen out for an extended period of time. So I, I don't – and plus, to be honest with you, I don't get really up in all those rumors. I, it's, because 99 times out of 100, it's just that. So, you know, unless things I really start getting heated, I I, I kind of take it for what it's worth. It's fun to read the stuff, but I don't put a lot of stock in it. Can you uh, expand on the Fabro thing of, of why you think he gets a bit of a bad rep? I, well, I just think that he, you know, he, he had a really he had a pretty good rookie season, mm-hmm. and then the second season he kind of fell off a little bit, and, and people, you know, his numbers weren't there, and and you know, so people kind of were, were 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 down on him, and. You know, I think the Predators, I know the Predators were, were shopping him around. And, uh, you know, but but I think, you know, he's, he, I guess it helps to play with Roman Yossi a lot. Um, you know, and he's played with Ekholm in the past. So he's always played with really good guys, with really good partners who helped him. But, like, he's one of those guys, again, I don't feel like he hurts them. I, I, I just don't understand. I know he doesn't have great sexy advanced metrics and all that stuff, but, like, you know, just from from the naked eye, I just don't see how he's a liability. Is is it hard to kind of be the the guy kind of in in succession of like, you know, the, the predators and history of defense is like it's it's Weber, it's Yossi, it's Suter, it's Hamus, it's it's Ryan Ellis, and on and on and on. Ekholm, as you mentioned, all these guys have come and gone, and and I, I think there's an expectation from predators fans of hey, like you're the next line in in this stable of D-men. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think that's starting to become true of the goalies too, because you know they right. packed for so many years. Now they have UC, and then you know they they have another one in the in the in the in the minor leagues right now, and and uh, you know, so I think you're right, and and they kind of get did get that rep to of, of being a team that you know I can't think of a great an elite offensive player that, that the Predators have ever ever had or drafted, and I, when I say elite, I mean like you know somebody that other teams were scared of. Um, I just there's in the prime of their career. I just I don't none of them come to mind. I think that they're really trying to change that. Barry Trotz really tried to really tried to move up in the draft this year, um, wasn't able to do it. But he because that, that's you know he wants to to run a more you know he he, he wants to score more. He wants he doesn't he's tired of a <laughs> you know he of course he wants to Shea Weber's and the Roman Yossi's, but focus was so much on that 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 they just they've never really hit on a on an elite 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 forward they were such a fascinating team to me because you know we, we heard so much about this organizational change that you just referenced and it felt like okay it might take a couple of years now again it's six games in but if they're if they're kind of in the same spot they are come february like what do you think the mentality of the organization would be i think they would consider that a success i mean I, you know i think they're cautiously optimistic but they're also realistic and they know they're they're going to they're going to struggle. They know that what comes with the whole new system and, and all these new players and all these young players. And that's the reason a lot of people were surprised when they brought in O'Reilly and they brought in Nyquist and they brought in Shen. Like, 
Like, what is this team doing? Like, but the, the big reason, you know, all three of those guys are all winners, right? And they're, you know, they're getting up there in age, but I think Barry was a big believer in having those guys around to not only help them be good now, but for them to, you know, kind of teach the younger guys and set an example for the younger guys. And, you know, a guy like Ryan O'Reilly is, it's priceless to have him on your team. And anybody who's ever played with him will tell you the same. So, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I think that's just, that's the new reality, but I think, yeah, they would be, I picked them to make the playoffs. I mean, I, I think they could, I don't know if they will, but I think they could. Uh, he is Paul Skirbina from the Tennessee and uh, follow him on socials uh, at Paul Skirbina. Paul, we'll, we appreciate it and uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. All right, appreciate it. See you guys. It's uh, Paul Skirbina joining us here from the Tennessean. On while we were chatting to him, uh, some breaking news in the NBA tip-off tomorrow. Uh, but, Ben, uh, what's going on here? Giannis Antetokounmpo, three-year, $186 million to stay with the Milwaukee Bucks. Nice to have that in the couch cushion. You can't say Just, getting Dame didn't help his mind. I was going to say, uh, make a big commitment and, and show that you're serious about winning, and suddenly uh, Ink you, you finds its way player. to the dotted line. So, That's, I mean, uh, it, it really paid off for Milwaukee to make that move in the front office, and you know that now they have these two stars locked up for the next three years. The secondary benefit of just going out and getting a Dame is uh, this guy signs in. So, big uh, news. We, we can put to bed a bunch of... Uh, commentary about uh, Giannis when he's a free agent is, is it Lakers time is it, you know Raptors fans are like oh him this, and Messiah, Messiah they're tight finally gonna do it it's like we can stop all those conversations that's over uh so three years again 186 million 186 million dollars so what is that 61 million a year 62 oh sorry yeah 62, 62. million we were just talking about how his bi-weekly paychecks a couple million dollars <laughs> yeah that's crazy not bad I said this like as a joke in the summer and now it's becoming more and more reality. Like the NHL needs to raise their salary cap as fast as possible because there's going to be one single player in a sport that makes more than an entire team. It's going to happen within the next 10 years. Maybe <laughs> like these guys are making insane amounts of money, baseball, basketball, like 60 quarterback million. contracts are getting up there. So the Blackhawks right now uh, projected per cap friendly 71 million this year. Giannis nine million. is $9 million away. That's nothing. You know that's, who makes that's a Sebastian Ajo contract. Yeah, and $9 million in the NBA is like your seventh or eighth man. Well, play basketball, kids. Good for him. No, be tall. Be tall. If, if you're not tall, be a right-handed D-man because those don't exist at all. Not in this city. <laughs> yeah. No, in any city. In any city. Uh, all right, Mondays, uh, we also look ahead to uh, the week that was or the week that's going to be in the NFL. Guess the lines. Let's get to it. Oh, man. Spooky little music. This is intense. All right, hit me. Start with the Thursday nighter. Uh, Again, just to remind everyone, I do not look at the the week ahead lines. Uh, Well, that would ruin it. I cocoon myself, and uh, I don't know what's going to happen. So Dom or Ben or whoever's here uh, starts previewing uh, what's to come in week eight. All right, hit me. Tampa's going to see Buffalo. In New York. Tampa. Uh, so they struggle versus Atlanta. Two teams uh, that pick up losses. Buffalo loses to the Patriots, obviously. In Buffalo on a short week, Baker Mayfield in primetime versus Josh Allen. Got to be more than a touchdown. Uh, is there going to be some teaser protection here? Give me eight and a half. Nine. Yeah, okay. Right on it. Yeah, it's got to be. 
It's got to be up there. It's got to be up there. We'll do an AFC matchup here. We got the Patriots going down to Florida, playing the Dolphins. Oh, boy. Uh, so the Patriots win versus Buffalo. Miami last night versus the Eagles kind of get pushed around. Now, the, 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 the Eagles can bully teams. And the Patriots defensively in the trenches can push teams around. Now, if you remember week two, these teams two played, and it was uh, Dolphins minus three on the road. Yes. Now, at home, I think this has got to be probably m- minus 10. Like, the perception of these team teams in, in five weeks has changed a lot. Minus nine and a half. Really? Okay. Nine, nine and a half. Right I, was, I was a little bit worried that it might be even higher. That was pretty good. Minus nine and a half. Interesting. LA Rams, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Rams lose at home versus the in Steelers. In Dallas. This is in Dallas. Yeah, but yesterday they lost at home uh, versus the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Cowboys coming off a bye. But the Cowboys have not looked good uh, in some time here. So it's, it's some confidence. You know, Puka Nakua is putting up all these stats. People just, fantasy teams are just thriving with Puka Nakua right now. Uh, give me Cowboys minus three and a half. Minus six and a half. Almost a touchdown. Oh, that's a lot. It's big. That might be one to remember if you want to write it down. Oh, wow. That is a lot. Yeah. Okay. I, I would put that Rams down right now. That, that's, that's a, a lot of points. That's no respect for a That's team one for later in the points. week to keep it. All right. Mind. We'll move to the Seahawks playing host to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, all right. It's a big one. Not even just because it's a big one for the Seahawks. I, I, I can't deal with a, a week long of or years long of sat just saying, hey, we went to Seattle. Got to win. This is a big game for the office. Can't deal. Yeah, it's a big one for the office. Uh, the defense is so good, though. Seahawks are having their red zone struggles. So I don't know if I can go a full field goal here. Uh, let's go minus Seahawks minus two. Full field goal minus three. Really? They got him. Oh, am I going to go bet on the Cleveland Browns and back Sats team? That's a lot for a team that's having red zone struggles against that defense. The Pittsburgh Steelers just beat L.A., as you mentioned. They're yeah. back at home playing host to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are playing well so far this season. Kind of flying a bit under the radar, maybe? Yeah. I, you know, j- Just like I was saying off the top of the show, we haven't seen a peak yet from the Jaguars, and that's my concern. Um, I, I don't even think they've made it into Bic, or, uh, the, the Bic's best for the power rankings. They have not. This season. So it's, it's a tough spot. So Jaguars at Steelers. Um. Steelers obviously getting that win. Jaguars from Thursday night get the win. The, the primetime spot, does it overinflate this number? Uh, let's say Jaguars. No, so let's say Steelers, sorry, favored one and a half. The Jaguars are favored two and a half. Oh, man. On the road. I'm just such a sucker. All right. <laughs> I'm going to take the Steelers again. I feel like I've taken the Steelers so far, so far this year uh, at least like five or six times. We got the Battle of New York on Sunday. The Jets. Who, and who the wants to Giants. watch this game? Can you choose an exciting game? Uh, all right, Jets. Sorry, Jets at Giants. I don't know if it matters either Jets way. Jets at Giants. Uh, coming off a bye for the Jets uh, and Giants. Uh, in, in the game that probably nobody watched against the Commanders. Like, there's nobody that's no like, one's oh, tuning into that one. I really hope uh, Jahan Dotson did something and Isaiah Hodgins did something. Although Jalen Hyatt did a, a couple of nice plays. Uh, they get their win. Uh, I'll, just, it's two bad teams. I would normally say just say minus three, but the Jets are definitely the better team. So usually you just make the home team the, the three-point favorite. 
Uh, I'll go Jets minus one. The Jets are minus three. As the road, as the road team, I have no York. faith in the Giants. I, I refuse to take them, but that is surprising. There is an NFC East matchup this week. It is the Philadelphia Eagles visiting the Washington Commanders. <laughs> Philly looks good yeah. on the road, though. Philly's on the road here. They're coming off a uh, Sunday night game, so that's a marquee one. And I think they play Dallas next week as well. So this is kind of a a trap spot it is. for Philly. Not that it's really any consideration uh, as far as betting. Um, and Sam Howell, the stat came out. He's on pace for like 90 sacks or something like that this week. He, he can't stop getting sacked with the way that Eagles D-line plays. Uh, I'll take this up over a touchdown. Uh, I'll go eight and a half Eagles favorite on the road. Eagles are six and a half, just under a touchdown. Under a touchdown. Mm-hmm. All right, let me write down Philly. We got we got a couple of write downs today. Interesting. Yeah, I got four so far. We talked about Baltimore. I, 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 the thing is, I like being off because by like multiple you, points, and it's like, all right, that's the one I can look at. We talked about Baltimore in the opening segment. Mm-hmm. How they made a statement or a contender. They're in Arizona this week. Not the right. strongest team. But no. What do you got that lineup? And Baltimore has a history of of running the score up on people. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're not afraid of doing it. So I imagine this line's got to be pretty high. Um. A bit of a revenge game, I guess. Hollywood Brown against the, the, the Ravens again. Although they look fantastic with uh, Zay Flowers all of a sudden. Uh, Arizona, or sorry, Arizona obviously loses to Seattle. Uh, this has got to be, I would say, 10 points. So let's go Ravens minus 10. Ravens minus 8. Like, that's lower than I expected, to be honest. I thought it would wow. be higher than that. Wow. Um, all right, I'll have to dig into that one. But and, I, I don't really love taking an eight-point road favorite. But nevertheless, my penis spot. I'll finish here. with this one. Because it might be a bit of a shocker as well. We'll see what you say. The Chiefs mm-hmm. are in Denver. AFC West matchup. What do you think? The real question is, is Taylor Swift going to go to travel to Denver? Oh, she's going to Mile High City for sure. You think so? For sure. All right. Has she missed a game yet? I think she... No, she... Because I saw the graphic yesterday. Kelsey's like, playing a lot better. But, yeah. I saw that graphic. But, but it was like... Games Taylor Swift is at, Kelsey's done this, and the one he's she's not at, uh, uh, Travis right. Kelsey's done this. Maybe she missed one. And it's like 20% less production. Uh, Casey at Denver. So are those two different lines then if Taylor Swift shows up and <laughs> yeah. if she doesn't? Uh, Denver's my, uh, sorry, Denver beat Green Bay. Didn't look great doing it. Chiefs look fantastic. They, 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 they still the, the kings, man. Um, give me Chiefs as road divisional favorites mm-hmm. of, I just always worry about like, I should say seven and a half, but now teasers, they always boost them up. So I'll, I'll say eight and a half. You should have said seven and a half because it is seven and a half really? on the dot. Interesting. Now, you know, we don't, we don't usually do teasers for big six, but if you're a, a fan of teasers, that's the move. I think so a couple KC. shockers in there, a couple. Yeah. Ones. All right. Uh, we'll do uh Vikings and 49ers and anything else that we missed tomorrow, but, uh, we're out of time. Canuck central. On the way, Brandon Sutter going to be joining Canuck Central, Dan Riccio and Satyar Shaw. Plus, it's Monday, Don Taylor, and they'll talk about everything uh, that uh, happened over the course of the weekend when it comes to your Vancouver Canucks. We're out of here. It's the People Show. The most opinionated Canucks show out there. Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drance. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.